Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier Counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher. Hey everybody, welcome into this playoff edition of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I am Adam Fisher with the Naples Daily News, as always with my best best friend, Adam Regan of the Fort Myers News Press, and a substitute producer today with Amanda Inscore, Adam Regan. How fun was that first week at the playoffs, man? That was very, very enjoyable. This playoff thing feels like a marathon. We're in, yeah. the, we're in the regional quarterfinals it's now, the- and we've already been covering playoffs for two weeks now. But yes, had some great matchup last week. What do you want to start with, Fisher? Well, first, I do want to say that I got a hot take that I really enjoy this format of the playoffs. This Everybody gets in. I know it devalues the regular season, but as far as just playoff excitement, local matchups, we had a bunch of teams. I guess that's where we can start. We had a bunch of teams get their first playoff win or their first playoff win in a long time. Community School, Cypress Lake, Palmetto Ridge all in earn their first playoff wins in the FHSAA State Series. Astero gets its first win since 2001. Baron Collier wins its first game since 98. Lay Lee wins for the first time since 2014, but it's just their fourth win in program history. Lehigh wins for the first time since 2009. Only the third playoff win in school history. So yeah, a lot, lot of history being made. And Island Coast won their second playoff game since 2014 because they've won two playoff games in a row. They won their second playoff game of 2020. Yeah, in, in a row, exciting fashion, a 100-yard interception return. There were two of them. And they that, happened that, like, within moments weekend. of each other. Seriously. So, I mean, props to Elgin Hicks. I mean, I think we've been giving him props all season. Island Coast was down 9 nothing, and South Fort Myers doing a pretty good job against them until Glenn Green happened. 100-yard interception return ignites a comeback win. Island Coast wins 13-9, and and they're going to play Dunbar this week. Yeah, Island Coast, very impressive, especially, as you said, being down 9 nothing to a team you've already lost to. I mean, you could easily fold it up and, and fall, but that defensive play, really good. 13 points in the third quarter for Island Coast. They're going to play Dunbar. Um, I think the game of the week, and it's not a game either you or I was at, Baron Collier, 54. Oh, man. Fort Myers, 53. Baron Collier, we had talked about playing on their home field, what that was going to mean to them since they had lost twice to Fort Myers at Edison Stadium in the playoffs in recent years. But at home, and they too, they were down 15 points with nine minutes left, with seven minutes left, actually. And they stormed back behind the arm of Dylan McNamara, scored two touchdowns. They went for two twice, including once when they were down nine points when all you need is the PAT to make it a one-score game. If you miss that two-point conversion when you're down nine, it's still a two-score game. Game's probably over, but they do it. Mark Jackson, we always talk about how fun that offense is. He calls it up. These teams combined for not only 107 points, but 1,027 yards of total offense. So, Regan, were you surprised to see Fort Myers' defense give up that many points and yards? I'm not surprised because, remember, we talked about them giving 40 points up to Riverdale, who clearly not as good as Baron Collier. And I think we lost quite a few listeners this week, Fisher. The Green Wave listeners hold up this show. And I don't think that they're listening this week because I don't think they want to hear what we have to say about them. Giving up 54 points to Baron Collier, giving up a 16-point lead. They came back furiously in the 
third quarter because they scored, what, 26 straight points? Yeah, it really like was a, a back-and-forth game. Barron was down 14-7 to at the end of one. They were up 28-7 to at halftime. But then Fort Myers seemed to take control. They scored, uh, what, 18 straight points, I believe. They were up 46-38 to at the end of three. And then, of course, had that 15 minutes lead with seven minutes left. But I'm telling you, man, Dylan McNamara, he, he's been a monster this year. Uh, he had six touchdowns in that game. Four passing, two rushing, through the... Game-winning two-point conversion, ran in a two-point conversion, 385 yards passing. I mean, it uh, quite a performance from that junior quarterback. Yeah, and that's this from a kid that set the bench all last year at St. Thomas Aquinas, right? Yes, and by the way, I have in my notes, I want to note, uh, mention, so final score, 53-54, to 54, Barron wins. Has nothing on, did you see this game in Iowa, the high school game? No, I did it not. It was an eight-man game, Rams and St. Mary's and Montezuma. Rams and St. Mary's in an eight-man game, outlast Montezuma. 108 to 94 in I've a high seen, school football game. I've seen those eight man games before, and it's basically just a passing clinic. Right. It's know? like it's a like seven. A ba- it's seven. like backyard football, so I'm not surprised. Iowa, cool. Eight man football. We don't so, have that in Florida, I don't think, do we anymore? They have, I think there was like seven man football for a time, and Donahue might still play seven man football out in Ave Maria. But let's go to the uh, exact polar opposite on the offensive scale. Um, Naples with a strong defensive effort. They stopped North Fort Myers in a game where you only saw really two touchdowns until the final moments. Naples wins 17-7 to at Staver Field. I know you had picked Naples, and just because of that huge home field advantage, going down to Naples in the first round, darn near impossible to win. What did you see from Naples? What did you see from North Fort Myers? Because you were covering that game. Fisher, I hadn't seen Naples all season. I just basically had to live vicariously through your coverage of Naples. And from what I had heard was turnovers were a problem for the Golden Eagles. And Rick Martin actually told me that before the game. You know, he said, you know, who turns the ball over the least is going to win the game. And that's pretty cliche to say, but that was definitely true in this game. The Naples offense doesn't turn the ball over at all. Stanley Bryant holds on to the ball. Their running backs held on to the ball. They didn't really throw very much. There weren't, wasn't an opportunity to turn the ball over there, but it was a very big defensive game, just like we thought it would be. I, I think it's still questionable that Northport Myers still might have the better defense, I think. But, you know, Naples did their thing. North Fort Myers playing without three starters, and I think they told me they only had one outside practice all week due to the weather situation yeah. last week with uh, Hurricane Etta. Yes, that's correct. So, yes, um, they still did a good job keeping Naples in check because Naples' problem has been turnovers, and usually when they aren't turning over, they are scoring touchdowns with that triple option veer offense, which is you always— split back veer. Always tough to stop. They didn't turn it over, but Naples still only scored 17 points. So North played well. I think just Naples, what, they got loose on a couple big plays. Is that right? Well, the the one big play was Stanley Bryant on on down the field at the end of the game that really put the ball away. But when Stanley Bryant had to make a throw, he made a big throw to Kelijah Williams that, that set up that first touchdown. And Williams beat Tavin Ward down the field. And Tavin Ward, I mean, he's probably one of the best athletes in Lee County. So they earned that yardage and ended up earning that score. It's interesting because North Fort Myers, they had that tough draw. You know, they go their fourth undefeated regular season in school history, and then they got to go down to Naples, kind of just a slap in the face there. The blind draw really hurt them more than anyone else. But Dwayne Mack, after the game, makes no excuses. There were He had no excuses. 
and he basically praised Rick Martin. I mean, those two staffs are very close anyway, and Dwayne Mack was very classy after the game, saying that if you're going to model your program after any program in the state of Florida, it should be Naples, and they're a team that is successful. They run the ball. They play great defense, and that's the team that North Fort Myers eventually wants to be. As you said, a tough draw. Another team that had a tough draw, Bishop Vero. We talked about it all, all season once the uh, once the playoff pairings came out. They had to go up to a Tampa Berkeley, and we thought this was going to be closer. Bishop Vero played a very, very tough schedule all season, so we knew they were used to playing tough teams, used to playing tough teams on the road. They lose 33-6, to and those six points came on two field goals. So Bishop Vero just couldn't get in the end zone. I don't think this is necessarily that Bat looks that badly on Bishop Vero. I think it just tells you how tough that draw was, how good Berkeley Prep was. Yeah, this was the game that Bishop Vero really needed to get past before before they could really look towards making a state semifinal. And th- this is a Bishop Vero team that was coming off back to back regional final appearances, and then, then they fall short this week. I think they were a good team. They played a very tough schedule. I think the teams that they lost to prior to Berkeley Prep had like one loss total. They should be commended on a great season, but they fell short here. I think this is very disappointing. The offense has got to work better than that, especially in a playoff situation. I really don't know what happened because I didn't, I didn't see the game, but, you know, 6-5 and five, Bishop Rowe finishes. Hey, let's mention while we're talking about Lee County teams, um, the hot debate we had a couple weeks ago, Collier versus Lee football. Who has the best teams? And we kind of both decided it was Lee County. And boy, do we look dumb. I think four different games where a Collier team beat a Lee County team, uh, including the ones we've mentioned, plus Laley beats Ida Baker by two points. Community School goes to SFCA and wins by 46 points. Man, Collier, they, they must have hurt us. They must have uh, wanted to shove it in our faces. Well, that's fine. You know, like we said, we do this program primarily for bulletin board material. That's right. That, that's our whole goal. One team that did win, uh, Dunbar, we thought both uh, very impressive. They won, what was that, 38 to nothing against Bell and Jesuit. Were you surprised by that? I was surprised just basically where Bell and Jesuit is located because Lee County and Collier County teams have a very, very tough job in the playoffs when they have to play Miami-Dade programs. And Bell and Jesuit, who I thought – we pretty much outlined was a little suspect right. in the last podcast, but Dunbar does their job and gets a rare win over a Miami Dade team. Davion Palmer, their quarterback, who we talked about a lot at the beginning of the season, not so much lately. He had 251 yards passing, three touchdowns. And before we get out of here, I do want to mention the game I was at. I don't think it was a huge surprise, but Palmetto Ridge really took care of business against Port Charlotte. I thought it might be a little bit closer, and it was kind of even in the second half, but. Um, Palmetto Ridge goes up 27-0 at halftime on the strength of that other 100-yard interception return we talked about. Malik Dudon picks off a pass. You know, Port Charlotte was driving to get down by one score. Malik Dudon intercepts it about two yards deep in the end zone. Takes it all the way back. Palmetto Ridge is up 27-7 at the half. They coast. They're 8-0. Still undefeated. Get their first playoff win. Anything else from week two of the playoffs, I guess? No, not really. I'm just eager to talk about these next playoff matches because you mentioned Palmetto Ridge. Well, they got a tall order in playing Charlotte this week. Well, we got a handful of really good games, and we are going to talk about them on the other side of this break. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, Playoff Edition, and we're going to break down some playoff matchups. 
We are going to start in Class 6A, which houses the majority of our local public school teams. First game we're going to talk about, Fisher, Island Coast at Dunbar. Lee County matchup. Winner moves on to a regional semifinal. Island Coast hasn't been to a regional semifinal since 2014. Dunbar hasn't been there in a couple of years. Immediate thoughts on this one. Well, my immediate thought is you want you want to say Dunbar's favored. They're at home. We, of course, know they are loaded with talent. But, man, Island Coast has just been surprising us um, all season long. It's not a surprise that they beat Golden Gate in the first round. They were kind of expected to do that. But uh, they won on the road. And they won, was it at South Fort Myers last week? Island Coast. So they've won two straight road games. Have to go into a third. I got to think they're, they're feeling pretty good right now. They got to be riding high on confidence, which is one of those things. A team like Island Coast that has had a losing record the past few years, that, that takes time to slowly build up. You beat Golden Gate. South Fort Myers, man, that was such a big win. The way they came back from down 9 nothing. Um, I think this is, this is going to be a really close game. I completely disagree with you on this Woo. one. I think Island Coast having trouble scoring points against South Fort Myers, a team that has similar athletes to Dunbar, maybe not as many athletes. Uh, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, South Fort Myers beat Dunbar. And I think defensively, Dunbar is just going to have way too much for this Island Coast team. And offensively, I think they've got more playmakers than South Fort Myers has. You already mentioned Davion Palmer, who has a ton of weapons. Uh, you know, there's so many guys that have caught touchdown passes for Dunbar this year. Just too many weapons, and I think that they're going to face the best defense or the second best defense they've played all season because they played North Fort Myers earlier in the season. And their defense is facing some of the best athletes that they face, the Island Coast defense and Dunbar's athletes. I do want to mention Dunbar's defense. When you talked about them, they've given up 81 points this year in eight games. So my math tells me that's 10 points a game. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be tough on Island Coast. Another uh, kind of cross-county matchup going down to Collier County, Naples at Baron Collier, probably the uh, the biggest rivalry in Collier County as of late. You know, obviously Naples and Immokalee is big, but Immokalee's been down a couple years. Baron Collier ends one streak, one 22-year streak. Can they end a 21-year streak? As we always talk about with we Naples and Baron Collier, get together. The answer is always no. Man, but I think, again, Baron Collier has to be riding high. They're 6-2. and two. I don't think coming into the, into the year we thought they were a 6-2 and two team, but I've been – I don't know if impressed is the right word because anytime you give up 53 points in back-to-back weeks, that's, that's not really a good thing. Uh, but I've been impressed with the way Baron Collier has fought back the past two weeks. So I hope it's a shootout. I hope it's another it's one gonna, of these – It's going to be a shootout. Points. But I don't know because Bar- Naples' defense is so good and they've already slowed down Baron Collier once. And any coach will tell me the way to beat Naples is to pass the ball. And Dylan McNamara has been going crazy. He had 385 passing yards last week. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Baron Collier puts up 30 against Naples' defense. But I don't know if that's going to do it. Well, Baron Collier did score 26 against Naples' defense at Staver Field, at Naples. So now they're at home. Dylan McNamara is feeling himself a little bit more. McNamara was only 9 of 33 in that regular season loss to Naples. So if he gets a little bit better, then, yeah, you're going to have a close game. Uh, another exciting 6A team, a, a team that's technically considered Southwest Florida, Charlotte, coming down to Palmetto Ridge. Uh, this is Palmetto Ridge's second straight game against a really good Charlotte County team. Palmetto Ridge undefeated, and they really have to slow down the Tarpons quarterback, John Busha. I was telling you off the air before we started and doing my kind of a pregame prep, Busha, their quarterback, he's passed for 1,200 yards. He's rushed for 1,000 yards. 
And when I asked Chris Tokenen after last week's win, the Palmetto Ridge head coach, he said they just got they got a really good quarterback. He said we got to slow him down. Can't give him up big plays to him. Uh, he's more running, I think, than uh, passing. But he accounts for. 82% of their total offense between his arm passing and his legs running. So it's going to stress that Palmetto Ridge defense, who's been very good this year. And this Charlotte team, their signature win, I guess, this year is probably over Braden River. I'm not sure how good Braden River is this year, but I know that they've got pretty good pedigree. But a questionable loss to Fort Myers, 21-9. to That was at Edison Stadium, so you know the deal with that. And they played a pretty good Palmetto team and only lost by 10 there. They lost 24-14. to they beat Port Charlotte 31-28. to I think you have to make Palmetto Ridge the favorite in this one, especially with how the defense is clicking and the offense are clicking at the same time. How does their special teams look? Because if they're all three of them are clicking, I think they're probably going to be a really hard team to beat yeah, in this special, playoffs. Special teams has, has done fine, hasn't done anything to really wow me or anything. Um, what has wowed me is, is the passing game and just how good it's been. Um, you know, They've passed for 16 touchdowns in eight games. We always talk about Jaden Booker, their sophomore running back for Palmetto Rich. He went over 1,000 yards last week for the second straight season. But the, the receivers, Kamonte Grimes and Malik Dudon, two tall Division One prospects, Charlotte's going to have to slow them down. They're going to have to get pressure on the quarterbacks for Palmetto Ridge uh, to make this a close game. It is at Palmetto Ridge, which is an advantage for the Bears. Um, while we're in 6A, let's just mention it. Lately at Miami Central, so congrats to Lately. That's happening. Yeah, yeah, that's happening. But, hey, again, you know, Miami Central hasn't played in three weeks. Uh, you know, maybe they're rusty and Laley's feeling really good. On that note, though, I, I read uh, a game story from the Laley-Ida Baker game, and J.J. Average, I think, became my new favorite coach, dropping a Ric Flair quote. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. To be the man, you got to beat the man, and Miami Central is the man. Yes, I wanted to make note of that. Miami Central defending Class 6A champion. They have won six championships in the past, state championships in the past 10 years. So uh, 5A, we got a couple Lee County schools, huh? Yeah, you got Cypress Lake playing at Hardy. Hardy 3-4 and this season. Uh, You know, not too impressive. I think Cypress Lake is in line to possibly get their second playoff win in school history, but they got to go up to Hardy to do it. J.D. Sherrod, their quarterback, has been looking good. I saw him a couple weeks ago against Norfolk Myers. He can run, he can throw, and he's got weapons. you got Kyrie Savoy, Michael Lennett Jr., their running back, is one of the better running backs in Lee County. I think that they're going to put up some points in this game. This is a second straight road trip, you know, not as long as, as going up to Booker as, as last week, but we saw last week they did well on the on the road. However, Booker was only one in seven, not quite as strong as this Hardy. And then let's mention Rockledge at Astero. I mean, that's probably in the same vein as Laley at Miami Central. We don't know if Astero has what it takes to stand up to Rockledge, but at least they are at home. They get to host a playoff game. That's a big deal. Yeah, Rockledge is one of the blue blood schools over on the Space Coast. Over there, they've won some state championships. So that's going to be a tough test for Estero, who got their first playoff win since 2001, when I believe they went to a regional final and lost to St. Thomas Aquinas very close here in Estero. So can they recreate that magic? Probably not, but this is a good building block for Darren Nelson and the Wildcats. Let's go up to Class 7A. Two other local teams have very, very tough competition. Lehigh hosts. St. Thomas Aquinas, you know, earlier we mentioned Miami Central. According to Max Preps, they're ranked uh, number three in the state among all classifications. St. Thomas Aquinas, according to Max Preps, is ranked number five across all classifications. Uh, And this is what James Chaney wanted. I talked to him when the playoff draws first came out. And he said, I would be honored to to go up against St. Thomas Aquinas and see how we stack up. 
And St. Thomas Aquinas, let's say, it's a private school, so they've been playing a full schedule. They're not like these other Miami teams that have only played a couple games, and they're rolling right now. Uh, Lehigh, can they you know, make this interesting? Yeah, it's going to be all about the offensive line at Lehigh, who, who blocked pretty good against Sarasota. Uh, Richard Young had 242 yards. On just 13 uh, carries. Just 13 carries there. He broke a few big ones. And Lehigh, they've, as we've said all season, and we say every single year, they've got the talent on the field. Not as much talent as the, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, which has like, has like 25 guys who have Power 5 offers on the, on the wow. team. It's just going to be a little too much. Uh, we'll see how Lehigh handles that at home in front of their home crowd playing the best team in the state of Florida, probably. Yeah, yeah, hopefully they can uh, get a big crowd. Um, I don't know what the restrictions are, but hopefully they get as many as they can. So Riverdale goes to Venice. That's also in Class 7A. Venice, another very, very strong program. Got a ton of regional championships under their belt, a few state championships. Riverdale, last time we saw them, they were off last week. Before that, they lost 48-40 to to Fort Myers. So that's a good sign, scoring 40 points. But Venice, I got to think, the heavy favorite. Yeah, the Raiders are a young team that's playing with house money here. They're not supposed to be in the playoffs. They're not supposed to be playing Venice. This is just a, a bonus game. The seniors get to play another game this season, albeit against a really good Venice team. But it's, like I said about Estero, this is a building block game. You're trying to build a program. Why not play a great team like Venice and see how you handle yourself? Try to secure the ball and sustain long drives, move the chains, keep that Venice offense off the field. We'll see how that goes. But all in all, I think Riverdale benefits from this experience of playing at Venice. So the final of our, I believe, nine games this week, Class 2A Community School at Westminster Academy in Fort Lauderdale. And this is going to be sneaky close, I think. You, you hear Sneaky pri- close? Is this going to be one of the better games of the week? You hear private school from the Fort Lauderdale area, the East Coast. I mean, you just assume it's, uh, it's all she wrote, and especially going over there to Fort Lauderdale. But uh, Westminster is 4-6. and six. They played a decent schedule, but they came over here and beat Evangelical Christian in the first round of the playoffs, 20-3. to Community School beat Evangelical Christian 35 to nothing this year. So looking at common opponents, you think they're going to be pretty close. So um, I think it's going to be real close. CSN, you know, they, they've had a great season. They're 8-1. and one, And, you know, just to move on and play this game is a big deal for them and that, uh, that big rushing attack they have. So we're going to pick the winner of this game and every game we just mentioned in our pick segment. So come back to hear who we think is going to win. After the games each week, go to naplesnews.com, news-press.com, or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the third and final segment of our podcast, the one you know and love, our predictions, our picks. First, let's review last week. Last week was not great for either of us. There were three games that you and I were just both completely wrong on. We both picked Gulf Coast over Homestead. Wrong. We both picked South Fort Myers over Island Coast. Wrong. We both picked Fort Myers over Baron Collier. So, put those in. Last week, Adam Regan, you went 9-4. and four. Not great, but okay. Adam Fisher, that's me. I went seven and six. Not hot. Four games we differed on. Adam Regan got three of them right, picking Dunbar over Jesuit, Laley over Baker, and Naples over North Fort Myers. I correctly picked Berkeley Prep over Bishop Faroe. That makes Adam Regan 83 and 17 on the season. That's an 83% win total. Good for you. Adam Fisher, 
75 and 25. So last week you pushed your six game lead to an insurmountable eight game lead. I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Are you going to concede? <laughs> well, I got some good lawyers. I don't know. We got to we got to take this to court. I'm, I'm going to recount all the uh, the votes we had on our games and we'll see. I will not concede, but I will say it is impossible for me to win unless I pick against you. We're only picking nine games this week and I get every single one right. That would be very hard. So first, let's start with the games I don't think we will differ on. They aren't going to be particularly close. Start in 7A with our biggest classification, St. Thomas Aquinas at Lehigh. Who you got, Regan? I got St. Thomas Aquinas in this one because, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas. One of the best teams in the nation. I also am taking St. Thomas Aquinas. Riverdale at Venice. Who you got? (sighs) I guess I'm going to have to go with Venice. I, too, will take Venice. I think we broke these uh, down pretty evenly in the uh pretty well in the first segment so we'll just keep picking rockledge at astero astero was great to pick up their first win in a while they did it against a cape coral team with only one win on the season rockledge comes in in this 5a regional quarterfinal a great great team who you picking another powerhouse i'm going with rockledge i also will pick rockledge now here's one that i think will be close class 5a we'll stay there cypress lake at hardy we both like cypress lake we like their offense hardy has a losing record but they always are that tough kind of blue collar grinded out football team out there in the rural area in the middle of the state do you think uh, cypress lake's offense can get it done out there yeah i think cypress lake's offense is going to do pretty good against hardy i would recommend that the bus driver who's driving the cypress lake uh not speed up that way um, you know Cops all over the place. Well, there, you have right? a personal story to share? No, I just, you know, there's anytime I'm heading to Orlando and I go up, you know, Route 17, it's 17 yeah, right there. Probably. You know, there's always cops out there. And Wachula is one of those spots that uh, you really need to look out for cops. That being said, JD Sherrod going to have a big game. I'm going to go with the Panthers. Second win in school history in the playoffs. Obviously, I think Cypress Lake is favored, but I do need to attempt to make up ground. And I think it's close enough. For me to pick the other way, I'm going to take Hardy to eke this one out. Community school at Westminster, I said before, I think it's going to be sneaky good. I think it's going to be close. Adam Regan, I know you haven't been researching this. You know only what I've told you. So who do you think is going to win? I think I'm going to go with my heart on this one. I think I'm going to go with community school to get their nice. second ever FHSAA playoff win against a school from the Miami-Dade, Broward area. So that would be a huge thing for Collier County, even though it's a private school thing. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Well, the good people at community school will be happy to hear that your heart is with them. They they love you. I love community school as well, but I'm picking Westminster only because, again, I need to make up ground. I think it's going to be close enough that I can pick them. A game, eh, it's not going to be so close. Lately at Miami Central at Traz Pal Stadium, probably the first time any of these kids have seen the Traz for Lely, uh, can they keep it close? Is that a 6 o'clock game, Fisher? I don't know. Uh, I haven't been able to double-check that. Someone said that to me, but I need to text uh, J.J. Everidge and find out. So, unclear, undetermined right now. Yeah, I think the Traz is a spot where out-of-area teams go to die, no matter who you're playing at the Traz, but Miami Central specifically. So I'm going to go with the Rockets. Yes, sir. I also will take Miami Central to stay alive for their second straight state championship. Now, let's stay in 6A. Here's our three uh, games I think are going to be really good, really close. Let's start with one that I'm going to be at, Charlotte at Palmetto Ridge. We broke it down. Defense of the Bears has to slow down John Busha, quarterback for the Tarpons. What do you think, Adam? 
I am going to go with Palmetto Ridge in this one just to see if you'll take Charlotte in this one. I think this would be an opportunity for you to make up some ground here. No, and I have a lot of recency bias because I've seen Palmetto Ridge a lot lately. So they were stuck in my head, and I honestly have not seen Charlotte. But Palmetto Ridge has not disappointed me so far, so I also will take the Bears. Island Coast at Dunbar. It's our Lee County matchup. Um, We kind of heard your thoughts early, Adam. You don't think... I know who you're picking, but will it be close? It's not going to be a blowout. It's not going to be a running clock game by any stretch of the imagination, but I think Dunbar has too many horses, and I think they're hungry for a playoff win here. Would this not set up a Palmetto Ridge-Dunbar matchup? It would. The winner of this game plays the winner of Charlotte-Palmetto Ridge. I I really want to see that bad, so I'm going to go with the Tigers here. I also will take the Tigers, but I think Island Coast will make a game of it, and uh, the Gators will, you know... Make it fun, I think. So, here's the big one. Naples at Baron Collier. The winner of this one gets presumably Miami Central, presuming Miami Central beats Laley. Uh, man, the Crosstown Showdown, the name that no one uses anymore that we made up. Ooh, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Oh, you know you know my feelings on this one. I when, do. When it comes to streaks, and it's, what, a 21-year streak? Yeah. That Baron Collier hasn't beaten Naples. I'm going with Naples in this one, but I think Baron Collier matches up very well with them, and I think they can put up points, but I don't think that they're going to score enough. Man, the question is, do I have the guts? I don't have to cover this game, so I don't have to worry about uh, ticking off the Naples people. I'll leave that to Greg Hardwick. If I were to choose Baron Collier... I think the Cougars' chance here, if they can score first, if they can get a big pass from McNamara and put Naples on their heels, and because we, we've seen Naples' uh, offense, if they, if they turn it over a little bit, they're in trouble. But again, yeah, I, I just can't pick against Naples in the playoffs against another Collier County school. So I also am going to take Naples. So nine games, and we picked differently on only two of them. That's Cypress Lake at Hardy, CSN at Westminster. So come back later, find out if we're right or wrong. Adam, any closing thoughts? I think it's going to be a really good week. I think there's going to be some blowouts, but I think uh, a lot of Southwest Florida teams will quit themselves very well this week. All right. Well, as always, follow us on Friday nights and throughout the week, but especially on Fridays, we have our live scoreboards at naplesnews.com slash sports and news-press.com slash sports. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. All that good stuff. We appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Remember the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download to get you ready for the coming week's games.